world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. It's free on all platforms, coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So start your weekdays with it. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, the tank is officially here. The Blazers have shifted from losing by accident to losing on purpose. They are, um, they have pulled the plug on the season and they are headed down the loss column, trying to pile up those L's and head for lottery greatness. Uh, is is not ideal. We'll talk about it in the second segment, but. I don't. I, I think it's okay to say that tanking stinks. I think you're right to say tanking stinks, even if it's apt, unequivocally the correct, correct decision at this juncture. We'll talk about the two Blazers games over the weekend. They got smoked by the Bulls, and they played an entertaining game and lost to OKC. Potentially the perfect, the ideal tanking game on Sunday at the Moda Center. And then I want to close the show talking about how to watch a team that's losing on purpose. Uh, it, there's not like some special art to it, but I'll talk about how I'm going to do it because uh, you you want this team to lose at this point. Like if, if, if they're headed in this direction, it, it's better if they lose. Uh, we'll talk about appreciating what to appreciate, what to watch for, what how I'll watch for things in a loss. But before we do that, we got to get through two games. Fastest recap in the West. Let's get it going. Doing what we do. Blazers lose on Friday night to the Bulls, 124-96, and it was the official the official beginning of the tank here for the Blazers. Uh, not in some sort of like unexpected way, but when Jeremy Grant remains on the injury list with his quad contusion, a bruised quad, he was like, oh, maybe he'll only miss a game or two. He's probably, maybe going to miss 15 straight to end the season. Damian Lillard, who shows up on the injury list, injury list as questionable with a calf injury, excuse me, probable with a calf injury, then questionable, then out with that right calf injury. They put him on the injury list with it before. The Blazers are good at tanking. They know how to fake injuries. Or uh, should I say exaggerate them. Yusuf Nurkic, right knee soreness. He remains out. And Anthony Simons, uh, right right foot soreness. Right knee soreness for Nurkic. Right foot soreness for Ant. Blazers four starters held out of the game. Held out of games Friday. Held out of games Sunday. It seems like this is inevitable that this bad boy's done. Like they are not bringing those gentlemen back. And it's over but they played the Bulls kind of competitive in that opening quarter. It was 26 all after one against Chicago. And then the Bulls opened the second quarter on a 9-0 run and literally never looked back. Did not trail again after that 9-0 burst to open the second quarter. Chauncey Billups takes a timeout. He says, fellas, let's regroup. And the Blazers might not regroup until next fall. They trail 61-45 at the break. It's 94-72 after three. This game was over. And the Blazers lose 124-96. They did not score 115 points. They did not have an opportunity to win. Uh, Bulls played without DeMar DeRozan, but the rest of their dudes played. Zach Levine had 33. Nikola Vucevic had 23 and 15. 10 for Patrick Williams. 6 for Alex Crusoe, who just had a, he was just He's just a good basketball player. Kobe White, I wonder where he went to college, had 19 off the bench. Uh, Ayo Desumu had 13 as well off the bench as the Bulls shot 57%. And 61% from 3. 17 of 28 from the 3-point line. They were raining in threes against the Blazers, um, carving up a weird zone and, you know, beating folks off the dribble and spraying out threes. And then uh, 
just a hot shooting night for Kobe and Zach Levine hit six threes and and that's that. Shaden Sharp, he was the star in this one. We're going to talk a lot, a lot about him in this podcast. 24 points in the start. He played 38 minutes. Uh, no one else really truly came with him. 14 for Jabari Walker off the bench. 15 for Trenton Watford who, who started in this game. Drew Eubanks had 12 and 7. Uh, Ryan Archidiakono scoreless in 22 minutes. Camrash four off the bench. Matisse Thibel f- five, six for Nazir Little, uh, and uh, and excuse me, four for Nazir Little and six for Kevin Knox. Uh, let's that's your fastest recap in the West. Let's go to Sunday's game because it was way, 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 way more entertaining. The Blazers came out red hot, shot 70 percent in the first quarter. Uh, excuse me, Blazers lose 118, 112 to the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Here's your fastest recap in the West. The Blazers. Red Hot, shoot 70% in that opening quarter. Uh, they make six three-pointers. This is like, they score 37 points. Uh, it's like kind of the art of, people have complained about the Blazers blowing a lot of double-digit leads, and certainly they have, and more, more than any other team in the league. But like, you shoot 70% in the first quarter, it's coming back, and it came back. They end up down 68-62 at halftime after OKC scored 43, 43, count them. In, in the fourth in the second quarter rather to take a six point lead in the halftime Blazers just 25 points in that second quarter 96 92 though in the after three Blazers a really entertaining third quarter to keep themselves in it and Portland was in it all the way all the way uh you know at the eight minute mark this game was tied the Blazers cut it to two to two on three separate occasions they never had the ball with a chance to tie or take the lead but three separate occasions down down two Shaden Sharp steps with the free throw line down four with 38 seconds left misses both free throws he hits those you know you're just you're playing defense with a chance to you know um, give yourself give yourself a shot at sending the game to overtime or um, probably more likely taking a three-pointer to try to win the game but they but they don't Shaden misses those free throws turns the ball over and a uh and the Thunder in a fun game, win 118-112. That's your fastest recap in the West. Shea, career high, 29 points, five boards, three assists. He was really good in his 35 minutes. 28 off the bench for Nazir Little, who hit three threes and really got busy, got going. We'll talk about Nas later in the show. He was This was as good as Nas has played, and, and you really it's something you truly love to see. Seven points, 10 boards, four assists, six blocks for Drew Eubanks. Um, Aaron Sorkin would love that line. Trendon Watford had had six points and two boards uh, before leaving after just 11 minutes with an ankle injury. He was They said he was cleared to return, but he didn't come back. Uh, Matisse Thibel, eight points and four boards. Keon Johnson, 14 off the bench. Uh, Kevin Knox hit three threes in the first quarter as the Blazers shot 70% and made six three-pointers. And they were like, hey, we're going we're gonna to get hot. But guess what? If Kevin Knox was making three threes every quarter, he'd be a different player. He finishes with 11 and five. Jabari Walker had two in his 15 minutes. Cam Reddish had four that's what happened over the weekend. Uh, I, I think the Thunder game was really, really, really fun. Um, one of the problems when your team is losing on purpose is that um, I'm watching, <laughs> I'm I'm watching this game in the third quarter. Is really, really entertaining. Like just like a fun quarter that both teams going back and forth. The Blazers kind of found their rhythm after a sloppy second quarter, and it's like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna make this a game. It's still close heading into the third, heading into the fourth. Like it's you know tied with eight minutes left. Like I said. It's, um, you know, Blazers missed a couple shots, had some turnovers late that could have could have kept themselves in it. Uh, Shane Sharp missed a, drive, a tough driving layup, but that was, you know, a big bucket that could have cut the lead to two again. Like, they just had some opportunities, you know, couldn't get that bucket and the score that they needed. But straight up, really fun game. Like, a just entertaining game. But the problem is you're watching this game and you're like, 
they got to lose though. Like they got to lose. Like I'm literally planning out this podcast. Like I don't care if they win. Like I'm not going to be, I'm not going to go nuts if they screw up their, their, um, uh, their lottery odds. I don't, that's, that's on them, right? The players, players play to win. Uh, like I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go ballistic here, but you can find someone going ballistic somewhere on the internet. That's what people do on the internet, baby. But here I'm just like, I would have, I would have been like, whoops, they couldn't even lose. Right. We would have had a little fun with it, but you're literally watching them rooting for them to lose. That stinks. That stinks. That's not a good feeling. Shaden Sharp's going nuts. He's playing the game of his life. He's showing you all the things that you kind of hoped you can squint and say, oh man, oh man, he's got all this. He's got more in the bag. Like he he's, he could be really special. But you're like, you're literally watching this dude play the best basketball game he's ever played in the NBA and, and hoping his team finds a way to lose. That stinks. That does not feel good. Let's talk about why, a little bit more about why I think that stinks, but why it's unequivocally, unequivocally important that the Blazers probably lose the rest of their games like they need to lose the rest of their games as bad as that sounds as sort of um as stupid as it is they need to lose the rest of their games they're doing the right thing let's talk about let's talk about stacking losses in the second segment but first let me tell you about prize picks it's it's fantasy sports made easy daily fantasy made easy and made fun quite frankly i played on the app uh, but you can also go to prizepicks.com and play and you can play a bunch of sports and you're just picking above or below the projections set by prize picks i play the nba so it's things like points rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, prize picks, sets their projection line. You go above or below that line. You pick two and six players on every entry. You can win up to 25 times if you go perfect six for six. But if you're not feeling that lucky, you set your own odds. You say, I'm going to get four out of six right and prize picks pays you out. You say, I'm going to get five out of six right and prize picks pays you out. Plus, they pay you quickly, safe and fast withdrawals once you do win. And right now, if you're a first-time user, Go to prizepicks.com, download the app, and when you do, sign up using the promo code LOCKEDON for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So put in $100, get $100. Put in $50, get $50. Super simple. Go take advantage at prizepicks.com or on the app. And when you do, make sure you use that promo code LOCKEDON. All right. let Let us talk about why tanking is bad. It's bad because the team rooting for the team you like to lose is not a, is not cool. <laughs> it's not cool. But I said this in the shows earlier last week. Is like at some point I think it would be easier to watch this team and not watch like Damian Lillard and say Damian Lillard's like the be- best player in the franchise history. I hope this dude loses tonight. Like I hope he doesn't. I hope he only scores thirty eight and not forty four because if he scores forty four they might win. Or have them just flail. Like it's in some ways it's easier to see the team trot out Ryan Archidiacono and Trent Watford and Drew Eubanks and say like, yeah, they're going to lose. Like, cool. At least they're, at least they're not, at least at this, at least now it's intentional. But the intentionality doesn't really make it feel better. It makes it feel like a little easier because your expectations have shifted. But like, it stinks. It stinks. It's bad that the NBA has made this the right thing to do, but unequivocally, like unequivocally, it's the correct call at this point in the season. Um, I, I think there's some straw man stuff that I'll go ahead and huff and puff on real quick. There's an idea that losing creates a losing culture. And yeah, sure it does. But isn't the losing the Blazers did in the first 70 games, not the last 12? 
Isn't the 70 games of losing worse for their culture than 12 games of intentionally losing? To me, those 70 are much worse for the holistic culture of winning basketball that you might want to create than the like situation where you aren't very good in those opening 70 games. And so the last 12, you're like, we stink. We're out of here. Peace. Or even when the Blazers pulled the plug earlier last season, like the first 59 games, when you stink, you stink. You've already created the culture of losing. You're bad. That's why you're tanking. And the Blazers are aggressively going for it. Like, I I don't, I do not, I do not believe in the straw man that losing culture is a problem. Secondly, teams that have created this quote-unquote losing culture, such as the Oklahoma City Thunder that the Blazers have played tonight, they look pretty stinking good. You know what you need? You need to create that losing culture so you collect a bunch of talented draft picks like Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. You get J-Dub on the roster. Uh, you... You get Josh Giddy on the roster. You get Lou Dort. You make some. You make some nice moves. I thought um, Usman Jang might be really special. He's got some. He's got some moves. Trey Mann can certainly dribbles a lot. JRE does some stuff. And the Thunder have a really good coach, a really good system, and the years of intentionally losing in this disgusting way haven't poisoned the well. They've set them up to be awesome. I don't believe in the culture stuff. Otherwise, like. The Warriors tanked about as aggressively as you possibly can to preserve the pick that became Harrison Barnes, a key piece of one of the greatest lineups the league has ever seen in the 73-win season. How did that one end? But at least they made the finals. Like, it's... I just don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe the straw man that losing is a problem. I don't believe that nothing good comes from losing because tonight you watched Shaden Sharp. And he was awesome. And on Friday, he was awesome. And the Blazers do not have Shaden Sharp in tow without losing 20, 21 of their final 23 games last year. They had to tank their butts off to get down where they did. And it worked. And they got Shaden Sharp because of it. Good things come to those who lose. And that stinks. It stinks that the league still hasn't figured out how to incentivize teams to not do this, to not sit veterans, to not sit stars the Blazers are sitting their four best players intentionally with injuries they are straight up lying about or exaggerating about depending on what you'd like depending on what language you'd like to use it's either whole cloth fabricating that's a word that I would like to use whole cloth fabricating lying about injuries is the language I would like to use but if you want to be a little bit kinder you can say that they are exaggerating or being cautious with injuries whatever language makes you feel better the Blazers are holding out stars their four best players to lose on purpose. And it's the right thing to do. The league has incentivized them to punt on these final two and a half weeks of the season. Here's why they've incentivized it. Right now, the Blazers have the sixth best lottery odds. They're the sixth worst record in the league. And it is incredibly important that they hold off the two teams behind them. The Indiana Pacers and Washington Wizards are right behind them. They are, as I'm recording this, 33 and 42 on Sunday evening. The Blazers, 32 and 42. They got a half-game lead in sixth. The Blazers have to, have to, have to maintain. They've got that. They got that lead in the in the win column. Do do not get do not get a thirty-third win. That's your trick, right? Because if the Blazers maintain their sixth best odds, they have the ninth best odds at getting the number one overall pick, albeit slim. They have much more importantly thirty-seven point two percent chance of getting a top four pick. A top four pick. You know, it's not, it's not, Victor Wimbanyama is going to change franchises, but a top four pick changes what you can do with either drafting a really good player or a juicy thing to trade this summer. 37.2% if you stay in that top, if you have the sixth best odds. 372 of landing a top four pick. If you dropped a seven, if 
you let the Wizards pass you. Uh, Brad Beal's sitting out. Kyle Kuzma's sitting out. Chris Porzingis is still playing. Um, Daniel Gafford's still playing. They're still playing some of their dudes. Monty Morris didn't play tonight for the Wizards. Uh, you know, what, whatever direction they go, if they end up holding Chris Tapps out or if Brad Beal never comes back, like, stay, you got to stay below the Wizards in the standings because the seventh best odds gives you just a 7.5% chance of getting the number one overall pick from nine to 7.5. That is a meaningful, in the, in the grand scheme of lottery odds, a meaningful drop. And from a 37.2% chance at a top four pick to a 31.9, a significantly less less likely to land a top four pick. And if you let the Pacers catch you, uh, or vice versa, whoever ends up there, the eighth best odds, 6% chance at number one overall, 26.2% chance at getting a top four pick. So that would be, if you drop from six to eighth, with just a random a random win, right? You beat the you beat OKC because Shaden Sharp makes his free throws and and and, and you get another shot at it from thirty seven point two to twenty six point two. Eleven percent, eleven percent decrease in getting a top four pick. That is, that would if you're building this team and you're looking at it as bad as the Blazers have been all all year. Straight up irresponsible. <laughs> it would be straight up irresponsible to win and lose those odds. When they beat Utah, when Shaden Sharp and Trenton Watford went off and let them beat Utah in a, a truly entertaining game, the franchise pivoted to losing on purpose. They thought they could just lose, just play it out and lose a little bit, let Dame play a couple more games and just not have enough talent, whatever it was. The things don't change. And they said, no, 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 no. If we're going to, if we're going to lose to the Colin Sexton-less, Jordan Clarkson-less Jazz, uh, we're going to beat them rather. It's like, uh-uh. <laughs> We can't, if we're winning road games, uh-uh, we're pulling the plug. And it, and they're doing the right thing. Straight up doing the right thing. And and like, why is why I blew down the straw, man, right? It's like, I, I, I don't think there's an argument in the other direction. I don't think you're like creating a winning culture or teaching the right values. Like this, these are not high school students, right? Like this is a zero-sum game of the NBA. It's why I blew down the straw, man. Uh, there is no logic that suggests that they should win and play it out and go for it would be better if that wasn't the case. The league has set this up and they've tried to not do this, right? They've tried to create the play in and create more chances. But for a team like the Blazers that found themselves way the heck out of the play in because they stunk in those first 65 games, they went the other direction hard. They went the other direction of the trade deadline when they decided to um, prioritize, when they got worse on purpose, when they decided to prioritize the future and financial flexibility moving forward in the summer and get that first round pick from the Knicks. They probably did a really good job, right? Um, they've got, you know, Cam Reddish and, and, uh, and Kevin Knox and Ryan Archidiakno and Matisse Thibel, like everyone they acquired is entering free agency this summer. They have no long, they did not getting back any long-term money. I think that's a big part about why they didn't want James Wiseman. They did not want any long-term money. They got a bunch of, a, a, a hall of draft picks in the, in the Golden State trade, a hall of second round picks. They got a, a, probably a, a decent first round pick from the Knicks, like, it worked out, right? Like it, they did, they they did them, they set themselves up for the future. But it meant that the present is that they were always going to end up in this direction where it was like, yeah, it, ma- it makes more sense for us to lose. Um, they may have been honestly heading this direction all year long by not adding another center, by saying small on purpose, by just like not not aggressively trying to make this team better. They were always kind of hedging for this outcome. And now that they're here, unequivocally, they're doing the right thing. And unequivocally, I wish I had more thumbs to give it four thumbs down. It stinks that they're losing and it stinks that they played a fun game on Sunday night. And I found myself saying with, you know, 15 minutes left, late third quarter, like, 
okay, well, they got to lose. They got to lose. Like, they're playing really well, but they got to lose. That stinks. That stinks. It's bad for fans. It's bad for people, like, watching. the. It's a bad product watching a team, a young team, particularly like this. It's like watching Nazir Little and Shade Sharp kill it and say, like, okay, slow down, y'all. <laughs> like, okay, just just do a little bit worse. Like, And then they come, you know, they come to the end of the road and miss a couple free throws with 40 seconds left, and it feels like it was a better outcome. Stinks. The league's got to, I don't know what they got to do. They got to, they probably have to abolish the draft is actually the way out of this, but that's a conversation for another day. Let's talk about how to watch the tank. The Blazers are going to play a bunch of games. They're going to try to lose all of them. How should we appreciate those games? That's what we'll talk about to close the show. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that there is. I like peanut butter brownie really like cookies and cream. I like the the straight-up coconut flavor. Chocolate and coconut is really darn good, too. I like them because they're covered in chocolate, so they give you that little boost to your blood sugar because they're, they're sweet and taste great, but they're not overly sweet, and they're not packed full of sugar. Just four grams of sugar on average with 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories. They can get you going with real fuel, and they taste great. Uh, you can go to built com and put in the promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off. But now for the first time, Walmarts and Sam's Club around the around the US carry these products in stores. So you can go buy a four pack of built bars, find out what you like, go back and buy the big box, the 13 pack, take them home with you, keep them on your desk, keep them in the pantry. And if you need a little fuel and a little treat, you can go get them. That's built.com and check out built bars where they're sold in stores. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's talk about how to watch the tank. Hint, I'm going to watch the heck out of Shaden Sharp. I'm going to appreciate Shaden Sharp every single night. But I'm not just going to like my goal when I'm watching this because I can get these games can get a little boring, y'all. Like the Bulls game on Friday night was boring. Um, even Shaden Sharp was playing well. I was like, oh, man, um, I'm glad they pay me. Um, just kidding. It's not all about the Benjamins. Hamiltons uh, it's but it's like these games get a little boring so I you got to find yourself you got to find yourself some stuff to focus on and for me I'm trying to focus on dudes I expect to be in the opening day lineup next year assuming no trades like uh, the roster might change a lot this summer but like assuming um, assuming there are, assuming the roster stays relatively similar, the only two gentlemen who are playing down the stretch who I think have a should be involved in the opening night rotation next year are Nazir Little and Shane Sharp. Trent Wofford's a fun player, but if he is like the Blazers' eighth man or ninth man coming out of training camp next year, the team's not good enough. Um, Trent Wofford's a really fun player. It's, um, like, I legitimately really enjoy his game. I love that he shoots only push shots inside 15 feet. I like that he can pass. I think he plays hard. But he's like a five, He's like a center, an undersized center who can't play next to traditional centers that kind of takes some away from his game. Um, he's a weird player. You, I will root for Trenton forever, but if you're trying to, like, win a playoff series, he's got to be on the fringe of the rotation, not up in it. So Nazir Little, Shane Sharp, those guys you, like, root for, and even, quite frankly, like, Shane Sharp being part of a playoff rotation next year is hopeful more than it is a lock. Maybe even the same with Nas, honestly, with how inconsistent he's been over the years. But we're being generous here, y'all. And at some point, you've got to admit that like you're banking on players like Nazir Little under contract for multiple seasons, Shane Sharp under contract for multiple seasons, taking big steps this summer and being you know noticeably better. So 
What do they need to get noticeably better? I'm going to appreciate Shaden Sharp because his game is smooth, his game is fun, and he's never showed an emotion on his face at any point ever. Zero emoting. But what I want to see from Sharp is because his because his opportunities and 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 his just like the ask for him, his responsibilities are going to expand. I want to see him do some of the things that he hasn't been great at this year a little bit better. I still want to see him be shot ready when he's opposite the ball, shoot the ball with his, uh, you know, when his feet are set, really smooth looking stroke. I want to see him get to the rim. I want to see him, you know, uh, he's pretty good at playing the passing lanes. He's got length and he's, he's quick enough to, to be, um, have some anticipatory defense. He's, he's not a wonderful defender, but he can, he can get in the passing lanes and get some steals. I see him do that stuff, right? I want to see the dunks, love the alley-oops. Had one tonight where Nas threw him an alley-oop and then committed a foul that, uh, so it'll be erased from the highlights, but it was an awesome dunk. Um, see that, but I also want to see Shaden continue to attack the rim. I think over the last like six weeks, maybe he has been more physical on his drives. Like he drives into people's chests with a little more confidence, but he doesn't have that sort of blow by gear that maybe you would expect someone from with his vertical ability to have that first step burst where he's just like, takes that first step. You can't stay in front of him. Kind of like Zach Levine style, where it's just like, even if he doesn't get to the rim, he can get to his pull up so quickly. Cause that first little jab step move is so fast. Shane doesn't really have that yet. So a lot of what his moves are, are get space and then attack and attack into people's chests with physicality. I think he's done a lot better with that. And one of the ways he's done that is that he slows down well. You know what stars do? They decelerate. It's what made James Harden special. It's what made Luka Doncic special. It's quite frankly, one of Dame's best skills is that he can go from fast to slow and use his strength. And Shaden has been good at that, but continue to get good at that because the shiftiness where he's going to blow past someone and then be able to make his move is maybe not there. But he has continued to work on that handle, continue to drive into the paint and try to use... He has little sidesteps, little Euro moves that are nice, continue to, to make those moves. And when he does have space, boy, if you give him a runway, he can dunk. But but the decel stuff, the slow down stuff, accept contact on drives and go up and finish, that's, that is like... the If he could do that with consistency, he's going to be a very good NBA player, like quickly, quickly, because he can really shoot it and all those things. Like, all, but, but improve your handle, improve that drive, improve that accepting the physicality and finishing through contact on a drive. And, and particularly the ones where you go from, you know, 60 miles an hour to four miles an hour, that, that kind of decel into someone's, um, into someone's chest where he, I, I feel like he's been good at that. Like, I don't think, I don't even, I'm sure I'm not the first person to, to say like, he's, he's, he attacks the rim better second half of the season. I bet Corey Jess has even come with stats that I've missed on there. Shout out to the, shout out to the God. Um, uh, but like, uh, see him do more of that. And I want to see him do a uh, playmake a little bit more pass the ball a little bit more. Uh, he doesn't need to be like a point guard. He's not, that's not going to be his role, but a little bit, if he's going to run a ton of pick and rolls, just, just some, just some playmaking stuff. And for Nazir Little, I thought tonight's game was like close to exactly what I want to see from Nas. This year, he's turned into a bomber. He's shooting up, you know, over 55% of his shots were from three. He's just like a long range bomber. Nas, when he came into the league, was only a downhill driver. Like, he wasn't much of a shooter, so all of his offense came just on straight-line drives. Tonight against OKC, he was he had some dribble-move drives. He was getting loose. Like, he was... He was... Um, he, he, he was making these sort of zigzaggy wiggle plays that you thought like, oh yeah, with his 
skills, this would make him really special if he had this handle. Handle's still not there. Got Early on, got blocked by Josh Giddy, got stripped by Josh Giddy, but he was aggressive, kept going to the rim, had one where he, he didn't get all, didn't finish, but got his rebound and dunked at home. Really did a great job of pushing in transition, of getting himself to the rim. You add that slashing ability with the shot that he has really honed in. He's a, he's a player, but he has to have more variety in his offensive game. So what I want to see from both guys is... Like, I want to see Shane Sharp run a million pick and rolls and fail, and then I want to see him learn and then fail again and then learn and, like, be a teenager, right, like, and, and get better. But adding to the parts of their game that when they do play with better players, that they can be more effective. Shane Sharp as a slasher who can who has, you know, slashes and can finish through contact and with contact and, like, not only straight line dunks, but has a little more, like, has a little more variety in his attacks to the rim— valuable a Nazir little who isn't just a shooter but can leverage that shooting to have a little bit of wiggle off off the bounce a little bit of moves off the bounce to to finish and be aggressive inside like I thought Nas was I thought Nas was straight up excellent in this game and he only took six threes took 15 two-pointers eight of 15 inside the inside uh the lane love it love it like go the, the shots are there for you go get them Nas like load up on them get, get as many like you know be be selfish honestly for both for both sharp and and um little be a little bit selfish Play make when you can, but like go work on your offense. Go get yours. Make score. Make sure you are scoring for Shaden Sharp like twenty five plus a night because he can. He's that talented. And for little like you know eighteen nineteen no prop like eighteen nineteen plus like start at eighteen points every night because go get your shots. If you need twenty two shots to get eighteen, go get your twenty two shots to get eighteen. Like just go 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 and and work on your game. Work on your driving game. That's what I'm focused on. Like. I like to see. I think uh, Drew Eubanks is improving as a play as a playmaker. I thought tonight he had a great uh, rim protecting game against a small OKC team that um, didn't that didn't really dunk on him. Even though he and he was kind of loading up on some to block shots, he was really baiting them to go to the rim and blocking shots. I thought he played well. You know, I'll enjoy it. I, I thought Keon Johnson played well. I thought Kevin Knox had some moments when he played well. Um, I'm a little worried about Cam Reddish. She's been invisible in these two games. That's the thing I'll definitely watch. Is like. If Cam can't find a way to be a like a kind of a loud presence in these games, I'd be a little worried about him. Uh, like, I, it, it's if you can only fit in playing next to stars, that's fine, right? But it is specific to to what you can contribute, right? Like, you got to figure out how to be. You got to figure out how to have a little louder game, a little louder game. Um, he's he just you want to see more from Cam Reddish. That's how I'm gonna watch the game. Expansion of Shaden Sharp, expansion of Azir Little, and appreciate the little things from the other guys who I don't think will be involved in um, in the rotation too much next year. I'm not really worried about Matisse Thibel. Like he doesn't have much individual offense. He's such a complimentary, like he's such a I'm the fifth starter type of player or bench bench defensive specialist. It's like what's what. You don't even want him to expand his offensive game in this. Like, I, I would much rather have Nas or even Cam Reddish, quite frankly, and certainly Shane Sharp get the reps on offense over Matisse because it's just not going to be his role. It's not realistic. The other guys, they can grow into a bigger role, so let's let's go ahead and see it. That's what I'm going to be watching. Um, comment below or shoot me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Let me know what you're going to be watching from the Blazers tank because they're going to lose some games, and we're going to have to enjoy them. New Orleans, Sacramento, Sacramento, five-game road trip back for uh, back f- for the Warriors on Easter Sunday to end the year. That's where we are headed. Catch your, catch your L's while you can, because you got to lose. Uh, regardless, Lockdown Blazers ain't going anywhere, so tell your friends about it. Make it your first listen. 
Come back tomorrow. We'll do it again. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.